Hello and welcome back to another episode of Goose on the Call. I am your host, TJ the Goose Ragusa. I am so happy to have you joining me. It's been a couple of weeks since we all last spoke, since I've last spoken to you all. And a lot has happened. We've had Flex Fight Series 7. We've had two UFC events, obviously UFC 268, the big pay-per-view, as well as UFC Vegas 42, Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. So a lot to get into there. And we'll jump right into it with the review of UFC 268. And the main event did not disappoint. It was a crazy fight between Kamara Usman and Colby Covington that went back and forth and probably could have gone either way. There was some controversy regarding the scorecards. I have them in front of me here. And they went 49-46 and then 48-47 times two, all for Usman. And a lot of people that I was talking to and that I had seen on Verdict and just speaking to a few different people from around the MMA community, there were a lot of people who thought that Colby Covington had won this fight by winning the fifth round. And if you look down a few of these scorecards, at least on Sal D'Amato and Dave Torelli's scorecards, had you scored the fifth for Covington, it likely would have changed things. Torelli did actually score the fifth for Covington, but he had the first, second, and third for Usman. Watching it live, I had scored it for Camaro Usman, having him winning the first, second, and the fifth rounds. I thought the first and the second were pretty clearly his rounds. Um, the first one, I don't think he actually ends up leading, leading on the numbers, but I thought that his strikes were more significant and more damaging. Second round, same deal. He was controlling the pace of the fight. Third and fourth round, Colby, I think, was pushing the pace. I had him winning both of those rounds. And then in the fifth round, again, I thought it could have gone either way, but I did have Usman landing the better shots in that fifth round. So this one, only really controversial because it could have gone either way. I would not have been mad had any of the uh, judges scored it the other way. Crazy, crazy fight. Um, I thought that Colby possibly has exposed a, a certain weapon that you can use against Usman pretty effectively and that it's also been used against him a couple other times in a couple of other fights the uppercut up the middle when you faint with one of your lead hands right so Usman has this tendency to kind of duck down when he sees like a strike coming up around the outside and that opened up a couple of uppercut opportunities for Colby Covington in this fight that almost helped to win him a couple of rounds there that could have ultimately won him the fight but Overall, Usman, with his head movement, with his defense, was just too much. Um, landed the better shots, was countering. I thought it was a fantastic fight. Now you look ahead for both of these guys, I think everybody knows the uh, the right answer for Colby Covington at this point is probably going to be the Jorge Masvidal fight, especially since Masvidal is now not tied up with Leon Edwards. Um, he pulled out of that fight because of an injury. We'll see how he recovers from that. I'm not exactly sure what that injury is, but uh, for Camaro Usman, he kind of just has to wait and see what the rest of the division does here. I think if Vicente Luque is a possible answer there, um, Wonder Boy versus Muhammad just got announced now. So obviously both of those guys are off the table. Hamzat is just kind of lurking in the background. So at 170, we're kind of just going to have to wait and see what the next best matchup is for Usman. But in any case, Usman's resume is now growing and well, still growing, continues to grow. And he's slowly but surely approaching a legacy almost equal or possibly better than that of George St. Pierre. So when we look at the greatest welterweights of all time, St. Pierre still obviously has more title defenses, I think four more title defenses. So Usman still kind of has a way to go there. But this fight was particularly interesting because he controlled almost all of the fight, but he didn't control the entire fight as he has in the past. And we've seen him battle through some adversity, getting hit by Gilbert Burns. He was hit by Jorge Masvidal a couple of times in their first fight. And he's fought through that adversity. But as we see him kind of, not lose control, but control less time during the fight. It's just an interesting concept when you think about who's coming down the pipe, like guys like Vicente Luque and guys like Hamzad, who are so dangerous. Even a guy like Leon Edwards, who has 
power that could put you down at any time. And that's a guy who's possibly in a title conversation now, since he doesn't have a fight and he has the ninth straight wins and everything. So uh, really going to be fun to see what happens at 170 going forward here. Moving on in the card, Zhang Wei Li versus Rosnami Yunus 2 was an absolutely incredible fight. And another one that probably could have gone either way in a couple of different rounds. So out of the five rounds in this fight, three of them were scored unanimously, meaning all three judges saw them the same way. That was the first for Zhang Wei Li, and the fourth and the fifth for Rosnami Yunus. So Rose taking over in the championship rounds, I think she was doing what she needed to do to win the fight in the moments when she had to. So the wrestling that she utilized, a lot of the low kicks, she did seem like she was getting a little bit away from her game plan at certain times in the fight, but she was able to work back to it and land a lot of the better shots as the fight went on. But the real controversy here came in the second and third rounds where, again, they really could have gone either way. When you're watching it live, uh, Rose was controlling more of the action. I think Zhang did land a little bit more often, but Rose looked like she was landing a little bit cleaner. Just a crazy fight. Another all-time classic in the strawweight division. Moving forward from here, we want to see more classics with Ioana on Jacek. I want to see Ioana get back in there and things that have been spoken about with her potentially a number one contender fight with Carla Esparza, that does seem very unlikely because Rose Namajunas does seem very interested in making a title defense against Carla Esparza, in which case Ioana versus Wei Li Zhang too is right there on the table and there's never been a better time for it. One of the greatest fights of all time, definitely one of the greatest women's fights of all time. And I would love to see that. I think a lot of people would very much love to see that. So that'll be fun if they do end up handling the strawweight division that way. We're moving on in the card here. Marlon Vera establishes himself as a legitimate lightweight contender. I'm sorry, a legitimate bantamweight contender with his front, front kick knockout over Frankie Edgar. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes from here. He has expressed interest in fighting Marab Davalashvili. I think that's a fight that could make a lot of sense. They're pretty close to each other in the rankings. Another fight that could make sense for Cheeto is possibly the winner of Munoz versus Cruz. That fight's happening on December 11th, so that could line up very nicely. Billy Q and Shane Burgos, they absolutely went to war. That was a crazy, crazy fight, and it's not getting the love or the recognition that it deserves. Didn't get the noise that it deserved live because it was preceded by Gaethje versus Chandler at the beginning of this card. Any other night, any other card, people are going absolutely nuts for that fight. It went back and forth both ways. Shane Burgos in the second and third round just landing cleaner shots, landing more often. Billy Q was never out of it. Um, Shane Burgos' takedown defense looked great, but this fight had everything that you're looking for in a featherweight clash the way that that was. So, um, again, let's get this fight some more love. That was a crazy, crazy war. But, again, preceded by what was possibly the fight of the year between uh, Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. First round probably could have gone either way. I scored it for Chandler. Two judges scored it for um, for Chandler. The final cards were 29-28 and 30-27 unanimous, all for Gaethje. Gaethje landing a lot of those better counters. Chandler just not going away. It was a gladiator-type war, and uh, both of these guys just beat the shit out of each other, and it was a lot of fun to watch. But um, there are a lot of really interesting matchups, fun matchups for Chandler. I think you kind of can't go wrong matchmaking for him. If he wants to wait for Conor McGregor to return, that could be a nice payday for him. Nice situation for Conor to possibly work his way back to a title or for Chandler to work his way back to a title shot. But that is a, a violent matchup that could be a lot of fun. Him versus Benil Dariush. They could possibly try to use his name to build a guy like Islam Makashev, who's maybe one fight away from a title, if not already looking at the, um, the possible winner of Gaethje versus the winner of Oliveira versus Poirier. But again, we're talking a lot of hypotheticals and a lot of time at that point. As I mentioned, I think Gaethje is obviously next for the winner of Oliveira versus Poirier. That fight's going to happen on December 11th. And from there, I mean, Poirier has kind of hinted to, oh, well, maybe I won't give him the first shot after I win if I win. But he's also just kind of 
remaining focused on the fight ahead of him in his uh, in his comments about this Oliveira fight and the potential matchup with Gagey. But um, again, I really I want to see that rematch. I think that Gagey's a much different fighter than he was the first time that he fought Dustin Poirier, and I think he could be much more competitive in there in a second fight. So it'll be a lot of fun to see how that all develops. Uh, from there, let's move on to UFC Vegas 42. This past Saturday, Holloway versus Rodriguez, which, again, just a crazy, crazy fight. We're being spoiled here these last couple of weeks. This fight went back and forth, crazy action. Both guys had their moments. And Max Holloway just really didn't need to take this fight. We, we kind of spoke about this a couple of times in the past, but he was already next up. I think it was pretty clearly obvious that he was going to be the next guy to fight Volkanovski. There's nobody else at featherweight that really makes sense for a title shot right now. But Max erased all doubt by winning this fight by decision, a really, really strong performance. He wrestled when he had to. That wasn't what a lot of people were expecting to see out of him, but there were moments where Yair had him hurt. Yair looked excellent, dangerous after having two years off. An unbelievable performance for, uh, for again, coming back from that amount of time. So, again, I think Holloway is clearly next for Volkanovski. For Yair Rodriguez, I don't think you lose much stock. I think he fights a guy like, um, like Brian Ortega for possibly a title eliminator type rematch or um, – not a rematch, a, a title eliminator type fight. But he's also been rumored in the past to be linked to Zabit Magomed Sharipov. We still don't know what's happening with Zabit right now. There were rumors that he was going to retire potentially. So fun matchups for both of those guys at 145 going forward. And with that, we will get into the Skoto Betts advice numbers for UFC 268 and UFC Vegas 42. Uh, if you're following along, you'll know UFC 268 was a little bit better of a night. Uh, we'll look here at the straight picks from there. Uh, missed on our couple underdogs there. We had Edgar Moneyline and we had Quarantillo on the money line, but did hit Rose Namajunas with a more confident pick, so we ended up even on our straight plays for UFC 268. Scrolling down to the props for UFC 268, this is where made a little bit of money. Oh, no, we actually ended up losing .2 units here. Pereira by, uh, by knockout was our most confidence pick of the night. Highest confidence pick of the night. Uh, that flying knee over Michaelitis was absolutely nasty. Uh, Justin Gagey to win by knockout ended up winning by decision. Just kind of a tough break. I don't think anybody saw that fight go in the distance. Um, so, yeah, and then we scroll down here to see Usman to win by inside the distance. Uh, that missed at plus 130, so lost two units there. Minus 0.02 units, 0 0.2 units, rather, on the props for UFC 268. And where we made the money on UFC 268 was with the parlays, so – Pereira and Nami Yunus paid out plus 170, bet two units there to win 3.4. Gagey and Usman both to win at uh, even money, 2.5 units there, both won. So 5.9 units total, one on the parlays, making it a total of 5.7 units profit for UFC 268. UFC Vegas 42 didn't take as many picks. We had Andrea Lee on the money line, that hit to win 2.1 units. Uh, high confidence pick on Miguel Baiza lost that knockout by Chaos Williams in a fight that I thought Baiza was ahead, so that's kind of tough. Uh, ben Rothwell also got knocked out, just a uh, bad read by me on that one. So minus 3.8 units on the straight picks for UFC Vegas 42, but high confidence pick on Holloway at three units to win 3.15 units, hit win by decision at plus 105. Uh, no parlays on that event, so the total for the event there was minus 0 0.65 units, so uh, that ends our streak of three straight cards in the green, but nine of our last 14 cards in the green there. So uh, solid. We're happy with that. Um, really nice streak that we have going here, going up to the end of the year. We're up to 
63.825 total units profit this year. Again, we were up over 100 units last year, so we'd really like to get up there by the end of the year. We're not going to force anything with only a month and a half and a few more UFC cards left to go until 2022, but um, still pretty happy with this performance so far this year. I think it's gone real well. Again, $50 unit wagers are up over $3,190 this year betting with us, so uh, hopefully you're riding those picks. And now reviewing Flex Fight Series 7 at the Stereo Garden in Patchog uh, last Friday. A lot of fun. Really, really fun event. Um, we had 11 total fights on that card. Some, kicks, some kickboxing, some mixed martial arts. We also had the lightweight kickboxing title fight between Mike Frezza and Yasir Lucio Ahmed, which was a crazy, crazy fight that went three rounds. Uh, very evenly matched. Both guys are heavy hitters. They were both walking forward, and we got a lot of the action that we were promised. It was as advertised. A crazy, crazy fight, but... Later on in the third round, Frezza landed a huge right hand that wobbled Ahmed, and the uh, the referee came in, stopped the action momentarily. He was going to give a, a 10 count to Ahmed. Um, then this is where the controversy kind of happened in this fight, and it, it's just an unfortunate way to see the fight end. Um, but Yasir apparently did not understand when uh, referee Kenny Vasquez was asking to walk forward towards him, so... Um, he didn't understand the commands, but Kenny actually had said that he had seen uh, Yasser's legs still wobbling. So there was, you know, a, I was actually standing right behind the action. I couldn't even tell. I mean, I can't say that I had a problem with the stoppage. I can't say that I agreed with it. It was just a tough position to be in because it's one of those moments where you really just don't know. And, and at the amateur level here, you are trying to protect the fighters. But um, with the fight being so crazy and with it going back and forth and being so evenly matched the way that it was and with it ending the way that it was, we could potentially see a, uh, a rematch here on the horizon just talking to the guys from Yasir's team at Warriors Nation and uh, a little bit here. Um, well, actually, when we were at the event, um, as the winner, Mike Frezzo, was being announced, uh, somebody from up in the crowd had called out for a rematch to which Chris Machi, our matchmaker, uh, replied with a thumbs up and kind of gave him a look. So could be something there. I think we're going to see this fight possibly again, uh, which would be great. Uh, it would be really great to see a definitive ending to this matchup. Um, other really impressive performances on the card, Brianna Nightingale with her win over Cameron Pollard uh, controlled a lot of the fight. She's really good at using her range and keeping people off of her. So a uh, really bright future ahead for her. Um, Jonathan Matos, the Portuguese godfather out of LIMMA versus Erling Collado out of, um, out of Warriors Nation. That was a super high level kickboxing fight that went back and forth. Both guys had their moments. Both guys displayed a variety of skills. They were uh, striking the clinch. They were striking from range. They were sitting in the pocket and hitting each other. And Erling uh, ended up winning by decision, but a really close fight and a very entertaining fight. And the entertainment obviously didn't stop. I think everybody knows what Matos is about in his post-fight interviews. And uh, they're always an absolute riot. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing both of those guys back again. And uh, yeah, just overall a really interesting card. A lot of fun fights that we got to see. And the action's coming back again on December 10th and 11th. We have two cards coming up, Flex Fight Series 8 and Flex Fight Series 9. And today I have two interviews for you with two of the fighters who are going to be on the Flex Fight Series 9 card on December 11th, live from the St. James Sports Arena. Uh, first, we're going to be speaking to the lightweight champion, Adam Livingston. He's going to be making a defense of his title against Salvecchia at Flex Fight Series 9. Aaron Brito is going to be fighting against Jesse Galagos on that same card at, uh, at Bantamweight and Mixed Martial Arts. So um, two really fun interviews for you today, and I uh, hope you enjoy. All right, so here I am with the Flex Fight Series lightweight Mixed Martial Arts champion, Adam, the Adam Bomb Livingston. Thank you very much for joining me today, Adam. I know you got a busy schedule. I know there's a lot going on uh, preparing for the upcoming fight against South Echia. 
at Flex Fight Series 9. So can you tell us a little bit about just how you're doing today? What's going on? What have you been up to? Thanks for having me. Um, you know, I'm doing great. Been in uh, training camp for these last four weeks already. Been uh, made sure this camp was a little longer than uh, my previous camps since I uh, was coming off a little in injury. But uh feel great. I'm ready to go. Awesome. So you mentioned the um, the injury that you were recovering from. So just to be clear, everything's all good there, right? You said you're taking a little bit more time here just to make sure that's all squared away, but everything's feeling good, right? Everything feels great. Better than ever. 100%. Awesome. That's good to hear, Matt. And that's uh, that's great because, again, we got another tough opponent coming up for you. Uh, Sal Vecchi is going to be the first defense of your lightweight title. Um, and just, you know, about mm -hmm. Sal, he's got coming off of an impressive win. He's undefeated. Um, were you, what, what have you seen of him on, uh, on film? I know he had that last fight against Anthony Delemi. Was there anything about him that presents a specific challenge that you feel like you haven't seen yet? Uh, honestly, all these guys are going to do the same thing with me. No one wants to really stand up and exchange. So I'm expecting him just to, you know, go in and do what he did his last fight, basically. Try to hold me against the cage, grapple. He's going to find out. I'm, I'm also really good at grappling. Like, okay, am I striking? A lot of people don't realize I, you know, I could grapple. I grapple with the best guys in Long Island at Long Island MMA. And I've been preparing for it, preparing for a short, uh, chubby southpaw and uh, ready to go. Awesome. So is that what you feel like is going to be the advantage? Obviously, the striking, you know, that's the name of the game for you. I think uh, you just from mm -hmm. watching, you you know, keeping your range, popping that jab out, using your length and the size that you have at this division. You think that's going to be the advantage going in against Sal, right? Yeah, 100 percent that my youth. Uh, I know I want I want this way more than him. He's he's a 35 year old man still in the amateurs. You know, I respect him for still, you know, competing. But uh, me and him have different mindsets going into this. You know, I'm doing this. This is just a stepping stone in my career. This, you know, he's just doing this for fun. And uh, you'll, you, everyone's going to see that uh, December 11th. Awesome. So you mentioned that the dedication, the um, having that strong team behind you as well. You mentioned some of the preparation, grappling with some of the best grapplers in the world at LIMMA. Um, just speaking of that team connection, you're going to be fighting on the same card as uh, your teammate Chrissy Yandoli. Can you say what that kind of means to the gym and – what, uh, what it means to have both of you competing on the same card like that, right at the top of the card. Yeah, it's gonna definitely going to feel a lot of energy in that crowd uh, come December 11th. There's going to be – it's actually – it's honestly going to be Lima versus everyone. There's, a, there's about, like, six other people on that card from Lima. I know from December 10th and December 11th because they're putting on two shows back-to-back. -back. Uh, but, yeah, she's going to kick ass, and uh, it's going to be a good night. Everyone's going to be victorious. Sure. Awesome. It's great to hear. And, you know, like like we said, you know, that team dynamic, everybody supporting each other, being there for each other. I always see you all in each other's corners. At the last event, I saw you and Jason were um, – were, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, mm -hmm. the name's escaping me right now, which teammate you were cornering there. But um, that was great. John Montos. Yes, Montos. <laughs> there we go. His, uh, the fight against yes, the Portuguese yeah. godfather. The Portuguese godfather. Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're, we're really close together. Everyone, everyone's, it's a family there. We all want to see each other succeed. You know, we push each other to the limits every day in training. And then no matter how hard we go, whatever, we're hugging it, hugging it out at the end of the day. And I uh, just want, just want the best for each other, you know? Absolutely. And you think that's, that's probably another huge advantage, right? Is having the people in your corner who you spar with every day and who you train with, because nobody knows you better than those guys, right? Exactly. You know, we, we, we know our, uh, our habits, what we're good at, what we're bad at, what we need to work on, and uh, we communicate well with each other. So it's definitely a, a plus. Excellent, man. And uh, and you mentioned a little bit earlier that 
you know, this fight is kind of a, a stepping stone in your career. You have your sights set on bigger things. And I saw last week UFC 268 happened at Madison Square Garden. You were in attendance. And for you as an up-and-coming fighter, getting to see that firsthand, what is that experience like? It's so motivating, honestly. Uh, I Honestly, the whole time I was there, I just wanted to jump in that ring with them and fight in front of everyone at MSG. The crowd at MSG is crazy, especially especially for the Gaethje-Chandler uh, fight. I Everyone was standing the whole entire fight, just going crazy, watching these two warriors go at it. And, you know, that's what I wake up every day wanting to do is fight in front of these people like that. And one day it's going to happen. But I got to beat up this guy, Sal, December 11th first, you know? Absolutely, man. And like you mentioned, you know, keeping that focus, keeping it straightforward, focusing on the moment, but knowing in the background that's, you know, hopefully what's in the future for you. And um, it's funny, you mentioned the Gaethje Chandler fight. Those guys are also lightweights. Like when you go to a UFC event or if you watch Bellator or anything like that, do you look at these lightweights and like see them as competition or are you able to be like a fan of those kind of guys? Uh, I definitely, I, I, I'm good at uh, separating the two. You know, I, when I'm watching, I like to enjoy the fights but I'm in the back of my head I'm always writing down notes like how would I beat this guy right now how would I feel in that position and you know I'm still I'm still super young in the in this sport so a lot of these guys I'm watching I'm not sure if they'll still be there when I'm at the top but uh I'm sure that if there are some of them I'm uh I've, I've notes written down on how to beat all these guys and I'm ready for it and that's the champion's mentality right like always being on alert always knowing you know that guy could be a threat that guy could be someone I end up in there with but with all that being said, are there any guys that you would say are kind of your favorite fighters to watch? Is there anyone in the UFC or Bellator or a bigger promotion that you emulate, whose style you like, that kind of thing? Yeah, um, I definitely love Stylebender. I love his stand-up and, you know, his takedown defense is on point for the most part. Um, I love uh, my favorite fighter is John Jones, even though I know he's going through a lot of shit recently. Shake my head. But uh, I love, you know, because he's one of the best, well-rounded fighters. You know, he's the, some of the best striking and the best grappling. So, you know, I just try to take, take parts from each guy and create it into my own, and that's what I've been trying to do. So really kind of taking all that influence from a lot of different people and blending that into your own style is what you're saying, right? Exactly, yeah. You got to have your own style in this game. You know, everyone has – every style has its own uh, defense for it. So, like, once you have create your own, someone has to create a way to defeat you. And so far, uh, it's been working my style pretty well. Awesome. So I'm looking forward to getting to see you continue to face those challenges and overcome that, adapting everything that you're doing and doing all the right things to beat the people who are in front of you. So with that, I will leave you with this final question. Um, what's going to happen on December 11th? We're going to walk in and uh, at Flex Fight Series 9, Drew Park is going to say, making his way to the red corner, Adam Livingston. They're going to play I'm the man by Aloe Black. Yep. I'm going to read you in the reigning defending lightweight champion. Crowd goes wild. What happens next? You know, it's going to be a very entertaining fight. I have a feeling it's going to be a very short night. Uh, these last two fights were uh, decisions, and but my, my previous two wins were all uh, finishes, and I've been uh, game planning pretty hard to make sure it doesn't go the distance. Uh, you know, I, I strive myself on to finish fights, put on an exciting show, and there's, I'm sure I'm going, to, I'm going to have a lot, a lot of people in attendance, so the crowd's uh, definitely going to be uh, electric. And uh, Sal's not going to be able to handle the pressure and uh, the willingness I am. I'm going to have to fit, uh, win this fight. And I'm going to put him down. That's it. Uh, I think it's going to be a first-round finish, honestly. It's gonna be, I'm going to put it on him, and I don't think he's going to be able to keep up. Love to hear that. So there it is. Adam Livingston, the champion, calling for a first-round knockout on December 11th, right. Flex Fight Series 9, in front of the capacity crowd with the LIMMA support all there for you. Love to hear that, man. Yes, sir.
appreciate it. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a great show. December eleventh. Tune in. Flex fights at St. James Sports Arena. Watch your boy Adam Bomb put on put these hands on this guy's out. That's how you cut a promo right there, my brother. Adam, thank you for <laughs> taking the time today, man. I very much appreciate it. Appreciate you, brother. Right, I'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks. All right, so I'm here with Aaron Rocabrito, Flex Fight Series Bantamweight Mixed Martial Artist. Aaron, how are you doing today? Hey, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Uh, everything's good. Been training, chilling. How's everything with you? Can't complain. Things are good. It's great to hear things are well on your end. And you mentioned training for the uh, the upcoming fight. You're fighting Jesse Galagos on December 10th with Flex Fight Series at FFS 9. Um, so we're looking forward to that fight. And uh, can you tell me just what's been going on with camp and how all the uh, preparation for that fight has been going so far? Well, camp is camp, like always. Uh, hard as shit. I train hard. Uh, literally running cardio, Muay Thai, kickboxing, just all that stuff mixed into like four hours a day plus recovery and ice baths and all the good stuff. So, yeah, I've been I've been on top of my game. I'm ready to come put on a performance, show the world some shit they've never seen before, probably a pace choke. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm hyped for it. I hope this kid's training real hard. I hope he has a good camp, comes in there, gives it 100%. I want a war. I want something that I could finally be excited about. I, I'm tired of, like, these one-off fights. I want a good – one-on-one -on -one war, finally. That's what I'm looking for on the 10th or the 11th, whenever Jesse Galagos wants to fight. <laughs> <laughs> so that, you're correct. That's the 11th. I apologize. But um, that's excellent to hear, man, that, uh, that you're preparing for a war. You want to go through something that you haven't been through before. And you're a pretty experienced fighter. You were 5-1 and one as a kickboxer. You're 1-1 one one as a mixed martial artist. So with all those other opponents, have, what do you feel like Jesse presents that other opponents haven't been able to present to you so far? Um, to be honest, no disrespect to him. Uh, I'm sure he's a great martial artist. I have no idea what he can and cannot do. Um, I haven't really researched him that much. When I go into fights, I like going in fresh. Um, I know what I can do. I know who I train with and all the beasts that are in Striker 101 and all the gyms that we train with. So to be honest, I just hope he is ready for that fight. Um, he looks like he's skinny and nice kickboxer. I would love to get in the kickboxing war. I don't mind going to the ground as well. So whatever he presents me with, I think I'm good enough to stay in there with him and at least get my finish first or second round. That's great to see that you're, you're so confident in yourself. You know, that's a, it's a great attribute to have, you know, that you're keeping your focus centralized kind of on your own training and on your own skill set. You mentioned some of the, um, the variety to that skill set and, it actually took a lot of us by surprise at the last event when you pulled out. <laughs> you know, we're sitting here thinking we're getting to see a guy who's a pure kickboxer. What, what happened there? You flipped the script on Eric Gonzalez. Uh, yeah, so I've been training a long time, man. And um, so when I first started uh, fighting, I was with Tiger Showman, like you said earlier, and they wouldn't let me do MMA. They just made me kickbox. And I always loved grappling first. My old sensei said, you're grappling so much better, but you got to do kickboxing. So they put me in kickboxing for who knows however long. I kickboxed. I had a whole nice little stint in kickboxing. Then when we started getting to MMA, uh, a little glimpse of my gist is coming through. Um, I love when I fight wrestlers. I love getting taken down. It's one of my favorite things. Throwing up my rubber guard, just chilling, relaxing. Um, but, yeah, so it's really just a secret that no one really knew. <laughs> That was always hidden from Tiger Shaman because they made me kickbox first. But yeah, I've always been 
doing jits. I love it. Um, don't really know, like maybe like eight. Uh, just <laughs> a long time I've been doing jits. Yeah, we won't we won't give away too much, but no, that's actually something I was going to ask about is why the transition from kickboxing to mixed martial arts. But it sounds like MMA is kind of always where you felt like your future was, and it was more. Yeah, man. Uh, like I've been honestly, I wanted to get into MMA when I was twelve, like twenty, almost fifteen, twenty years ago. But my parents wouldn't let me, <laughs> so that was the only reason why I didn't get in back then. But um, yeah, Nick Diaz, man, two thousand six got me into it. Ever since then, just Loved it. There you go. So the dream was born then, and eventually you find your way over to Striking 101. And I noticed you guys are very supportive of each other. I saw you at the last Flex Fight Series event at FFS7 at the uh, at the Stereo Garden. Yep. Uh, they're supporting some teammates. And can you talk a little bit about just what's been going on in the gym and what that support system means to you guys? Oh, man, this gym is like the biggest family I've ever been in, bro. It's, it's crazy. So literally we have, we're led by my sensei, Sensei Jonathan Ruiz. He's the coach of WMO Muay Thai for USA. He has a lot of accolades, champions in every uh, sort of boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, MMA. Um, we have a bunch of beasts here, man. Some of them are undiscovered. Some of them people know, like uh, Diego Yagerser is, oh, he's a beautiful creation that no one can really mess with right now. And uh, there's big things coming out of this gym. We have a, a probably like 10 champions in different aspects and we just love each other man the grind's hard here nobody really slacks everybody picks each other up uh it's a good gym really it's more of a home base feeling than it is like uh a gym it's more of like dojo home absolutely man. yeah i love it here it's great that's fantastic to hear and you mentioned a lot of those high level guys that you're training with and you're also a, a trainer at the gym correct uh, yeah, so I instruct once in a while, um, jitsu. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, so I instruct here. I'm also mostly, if you ever see, I'm always cornering. Literally, I'm cornering every weekend almost. Uh, I corner more of the low-level guys in uh, Waco tournaments, Delaware, Tennessee. We go out, we go crazy, have parties, have like six fights in a weekend. So yeah, we, we're always busy here, man. It's, it's literally a great fight gym for Queens, if anybody is looking. <laughs> well, that's great to hear. And, um, you know, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I'll leave you with one last question. Is there any prediction you want to make for the fight on December 11th? Uh, my prediction is, one, I hope he shows up. Not, no, no disrespect for anybody. I just hope people show up to the fight. That's one of my biggest anxieties is that we, I cut all the weight. Or I cut any weight and I show up to a fight and motherfuckers don't show up. <laughs> that hurts my heart. So just show up, man. And prediction, I think it's going to be a good one because I'm coming hard. Uh, I don't like being too cocky, but I, I'm going for a finish. So hopefully a finish will come in the first or second round. If not, let's have a war, bro. Let's just do this. That sounds great. I'm looking forward to getting to see you fight again December 11th at the St. James. Oh, you too. I'm looking forward to just listening to you. It's <laughs> my favorite part about it, watching my fights and listening to you go crazy. It's awesome. Oh, thanks, man. Well, it's easy to go crazy when you're doing crazy shit in there. So I'm, I'm looking <laughs> of course. forward to that, too. All right. Thank you, man. Thanks, Aaron. I'll talk to you soon. Good luck, my man. You too, buddy. Peace. All right. Thank you very much to Adam and Aaron for taking the time out of their busy training schedules to come and speak with me and give an interview for the show. Really appreciate them fitting me into their schedule, and I'm looking forward to seeing both of them fight 
on December 11th at Flex Fight Series 9. You can purchase tickets to that event via the links in my Instagram or my Twitter bios. I am at Goose on the call on Instagram. I'm at the Goose underscore MMA on Twitter. You can also purchase the pay-per-view for that event via those links. And uh, going forward now, we're just looking ahead to UFC Vegas 43. That's going to be Misha Tate versus Ketlin Vieira in the main event. Going to be a lot of fun to uh, see that event. And I know that usually on the show, I leave you guys with some early leans going into these cards, but right now I really don't have much. There's something that I'm kind of looking at for Vieira Tate to end inside the distance that looks at plus 110 right now is what that pays. I do think that one of those ladies is likely going to finish that fight. So if I have an early lean for you out of this card, it's that one. But I'm also looking forward to a very competitive fight between Michael Chiesa and Sean Brady. Also, a lot of fun fights on this card include Joanne Calderwood versus Tyler Santos. Women's flyweight bout, very relevant in the title picture in that division. So we'll see what happens there. And um, just a loaded card. So a lot of fun. November 20th, Saturday is going to be UFC Vegas 43. And uh, check back Skoto Vets to see what we're going to be wagering on that card. All the picks will be posted by Saturday morning. Other than that, again, Flex Fight Series 8 and 9. December 10th and 11th. Get your tickets, get your pay-per-views via the link in my Instagram bio. Again, Instagram, I am Goose on the call. Twitter, I am at the Goose underscore MMA. And uh, if you guys ever just want to talk some MMA, hit me up there. Uh, any kind of gambling. I'm also been very big into football lately. I'm a big NFL and college football fan and advocate of that wagering too. There might be another show coming up on the horizon uh, with some things to do with that. Don't want to say too much just yet, but uh, there will be more on that. So until the next time I speak to you all, take care, enjoy the fights.